it's not usually one thing that allows somebody to win in the marketplace. You know, it's it's consumer understanding, it's category understanding, it's retailer understanding, and all of that being brought together. My name is Merrill Dubrow, CEO of Mock Research. I'm a 35-year veteran of the research and insights community and the host of our podcast, On The Mark. On The Mark is focusing on executives and thought leaders in the world, sharing their insights, strategies, and personal experiences. I promise this podcast will be filled with tough, pointed questions with real, insightful, and emotional answers. Today's guest is Susan Waltman, Global President at Ipsos. Susan, welcome to the On The Mark podcast. Hi, Meryl. Thank you for having me. So uh, I got to tell you, Susan, you know, what, what's funny is we don't really know each other that well. And, you know, I, I pride myself on this is unrehearsed, unscripted, but I got to start with a word that I don't like. And, I, and I'm a little bit jealous of something that in your background. And I want to start with that. Most people don't know this about me, which is I love soda and I really, really love like I'm the biggest fan of Coke ever. And I'm the guy who can tell if it's out of a fountain drink or if it's out of a 20-ounce plastic bottle or a can, and you were the marketing director of all places, Coke. I did work at the Coca-Cola company. I have the pleasure of working with clients that are in the beverage industry right now. I love the beverage industry. It's a lot of fun. I worked on the global business So 80% of my business was outside of the U.S. at the time, and it allows you to learn so many things about different cultures and about different businesses, working with whether it's bottlers or whether it's different food service establishments. It's a great business. It's a funny story. I only stay at Marriott Brands. And do you know is do you know if Marriott is a Coke or a Pepsi hotel? They are a Pepsi poor um, hotel, and so I like to stay at Marriotts too. Do you know why they're a Pepsi hotel as opposed to Coke? You know, I am sure that it has to do with contracts, and as they look across, I think the um, Marriotts in particular were interested in the breakfast products, like the Pepsi portfolio of Quaker and Tropicana. So I think that has somewhat to do with that contract, but there are lots of reasons when people decide to go one way or the other, I'm sure they look at their clientele and they look at what they're choosing and, um, you know, people have, people love choice. So I'm sure they're, I'm sure that they, I'm sure that they go back and forth for, for lots of reasons. It was told to me. And I have Googled it and it has come up kind of like this. I guess back in the day, Bill Marriott wanted some additional terms from Coca-Cola. At one point, they were having a little bit of a rough time and Coke, for whatever reason, wouldn't give them the terms that they wanted. So he went to Pepsi and never looked back is what it was told to me. Mm, Isn't that interesting? It is. It really is. Bill Marriott is a smart businessman, probably somebody in this food service world that we all learn from. A good golfer, too, I hear. Oh, yeah. I I didn't know that. I actually read his blog, but I didn't know he's a a good golfer. So there you are. You know, I mean, when I look at your background, you've been at what I would call arguably the greatest client organization to work at, and especially starting in your career. I mean, you started at P&G, and you were there for almost a decade. 
How what, do you remember that experience? And, and what were some of the takeaways, the key takeaways for you in your career? You know, Meryl, I loved starting at Procter & Gamble. It's a great place to really learn the right way to do consumer and customer research. They really believe in consumer as boss. And I got a chance to, I graduated as a chemical engineer. So I got a chance to really apply good technical problem solving to the area of products research. As I moved up in that organization, one of the things that was just so amazing as a young person to learn is how you can make a contribution in the research field at the very early ages of your career by just being curious, by just wanting to know why people do the things they do with this insatiable appetite. And PG is one of those organizations that will give young people a wonderful opportunity to contribute on large businesses, big brands, and um, you know, no no better place to learn the right way to do research and to be rewarded for doing it well. Yeah, I mean, well said. If I ever had a desire to go on the client side, and I never did work on the client side. I, I would have loved the opportunity to work at P&G early on in my career. It would have been there and Frito-Lay, right? I just felt that they were the breeding ground for research superstars. But, but, it, but it's interesting because, you know, you're at P&G, you go to Mead Johnson, you know, Conagra Foods, Coke. I mean, you're talking about four of the iconic company client organizations in the world, some of the biggest brands in the world. And then, bam, what do I do next? I go on the supplier side. How, how did that come about? I mean, right? Because that's kind of funny. Yeah. You know, a person I had worked with before at PNG at the time was uh, leading a large organizational part of Ipsos and said, would you come over to the partner side? And I said, would I be any good at it? Like, I don't know. What I found out, which is probably what you find out about any job, the things that you think you're going to be great at, you, you might be okay on those things. The things that you worry about, may not be the things you should worry about. So I only tell you that in the sense that um, I think people who are in client organizations are in those big, great companies that we were just mentioning. You know, everybody has a customer. Everybody has a stakeholder, whether they're inside or outside. So the people that are usually good in those organizations also end up being good on the partner side. And same thing, vice versa. So you know, now I have this wonderful opportunity at Ipsos to work across many of those clients. And that's a lot of fun too, because not everybody goes at it the exact same way. And so, you know, you learn different ways of, of competing. You learn different ways of when the understanding is really helping your businesses. So for me, it's all been about you know, did somebody value the curiosity and the learning? What better way to do that than to be in the market research industry? You know, Ipsos just appealed to me because it was started by D.D.A. Trochot in the 70s for researchers 
in uh, Paris. And now we have 16,000 people, 87 plus countries, 150 offices. And, you know, there is never a place in the world that I'm not always learning about how to help some of our clients and their businesses use market research and knowledge to make really better decisions. Yeah. No, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, when you think about the insights industry, right, Susan, it's really not big. I mean, maybe it's 70 or $80 billion, maybe worldwide. And when you think about the group that you lead, you know, you're talking about leading a I mean, some people, it's got to be, you know, nine figures, well into nine figures, over a hundred million dollars of what you're, what you have to worry about, what your keeps you up late at night. I mean, that's enormous. I mean, I assume you're, you're part, I can only imagine you're part marketer, part financial guru, part, part shrink, part strategy, <laughs> part motivator, part salesperson, part collection agency. I mean, Seriously, right? I mean, how to managing that is really hard. It is hard, but it's also one of the things I think that Ipsos allows us to do really, really well and probably some of the, you know, the best decisions you make. Decisions are re- rarely made in a vacuum, right? So, you if you use our market research skills to listen to all the people around you, there's this great you know, creative artistry that happens where you can balance mastery and what you know and what and asking good questions and then also being open and entrepreneurial. Why everybody's situation is different. I think this year in particular, navigating through the pandemic for both our business and for our clients and our industry, you know, Ipsos came up with this um they call it an IPAC, Merrill, and it's um, it's an Ipsos pandemic adaptability continuum. And easier said than done, but but what I love about it is that at any given day, you know, we may have all started in this March timeframe with the level of uncertainty and even sort of preparation, and then about Memorial Day and the U.S. and some of the you know other holidays. We just celebrated, you know, the Festival of Lights in India, this adjustment acclimation. I I don't know if we're in this enduring phase, you know. Um, I do know that the news of vaccines and, you know, feeling like this year has been an emotional roller coaster with highs and lows. Um, I feel like Ipsos, the reason I like this continuum is because I feel like probably we were all on it, this human emotional, our clients, our businesses, you know, and, you know, as you and I have talked about before, I'm just determined, determined and committed as Ipsos is to emerge with new learnings, both, you know, on the human nature side and also the team resiliency my mom, by the way, likes to say demons hate fresh air. I love that. I think that I think as an insights professional, we may not be able to travel the way we used to to learn about the different cultures, but I am so proud of our teams and how 
we've pulled together and how everybody's made sacrifices. We have, you know, we have people that are in job transitions. You move people to the work. You, you think about what's best for them and their family. And at one point we talked internally about it being a marathon and, and I, and I've started to, on the good days, I'm thinking we're just, you know, doing so well at this marathon. And then on the days where it feels a little stressed, I'm always like, okay, are we in our top runner shape? Maybe, maybe we, uh, maybe I got some work to do here, um, to continue to learn. But in general, the, the fact that we have all worked really, really hard to make sure that people had what they needed to make the decisions they needed this year. Well, yeah, I mean, look, you, you, and again, I don't know you that well. I've only, I can't even say that we've met in person. I know we've been on a few MREF board calls and I've enjoyed them. I like the way you think. I like your energy. I like the fact that you are ridiculously upbeat. You're always positive. You're always a half glass full type of gal. I'm from Texas, so I can call you a gal. Hopefully that's okay. And not disrespectful because I don't mean it that way. I love that. I love that. But the reality is, were you always like that, Susan? Was that something that your your parents kind of taught you? Or did you kind of just grow into that? Because that's a really nice trait that not everybody has. I credit my parents a lot with those things. But, you know, I'm one of nine children. Oh, wow. Wow. I didn't know that. Okay. That's and, and you know what I think is fascinating about that? is that um, you learn in a situation like that where you're, my parents were really great about education and about learning and they, but they would say you're unique and special, but you're not the only one. Yeah. And I remember thinking, what a fascinating, you know, there was always somebody to go do something with, but there was always a fire. Some, some fire would come up in the brush, (laughs) you know, and you were, you know, parenting is kind of like that. And, um, and so they were amazing. Um, my father still introduces to have you met my bride. They're both 87 years old. And I find that that's as good of a positive, um, atmosphere as anything. But I think in general, what they were always about learning and, and, you know, um, there are a lot of physicians in my family, so they have had one heck of a 2020 and, um, they're married to physicians. So you can imagine how that feels all the way along the lines. And you mentioned market research education foundation. When I think about some of the best decisions I ever made, it was when I was open to do things that were different. When I was young, I was open to working globally at me Johnson and Asia. By the way, when you did that, because if I did the math correctly, and okay, maybe I had to take off my shoes and socks to count on my toes, but you told me offline you had a 24-year-old son, and I know you were at me Johnson about 24 years ago. So if my math is correct, and I'm connecting the dots here, Susan, you had a baby and then went overseas for nine months. I did. Isn't that a crazy thing? Well, I mean... I don't know how you did it, but but you did it. Obviously, you're better because of it, and I'm sure your family is too. But I do have a amazing husband that I cannot say enough good things about. I'm fortunate to have a great partnership at home. So the decisions we made 
in terms of combination of career um, and our family needs were every situation is different, Meryl. But but I learned when I was open to an opportunity, he sometimes I wasn't as open as he was. And he was, you know, really always encouraging. And so some of my best decisions have been made from having that support to be open. The interesting middle years and later years, I would say this going to the agency side, working across brands, if, if I had not been open there or in Market Research Education Foundation, when people like Steve Schlesinger and yourself and Steve Quirks and Jim Bryson all said, hey, Susan, would you come do this? I said, I don't know if I can do philanthropy. I've been to Haiti now four times. I recruit a team to take from Ipsos Healthcare there every year. It's amazing. And, and those are the days, Meryl, when I really feel like I'm doing good. It's fun to be at this point in giving back a bit. Um, I hope I give back something. I, I hope that it's a um, it it makes it makes good sense to be there for these great people who are now starting out in their careers and and honestly for us we're we're just about how quickly can we get them some wonderful experience. That's true. So my gut is you're a terrific teacher. I would say. Maybe that's, I would say the same about myself. And you and I have this in common as well. I'm going to assume that your current position is your last in the insights community. So um, whenever that is, I'm not pushing you out on a white horse, but whenever that is, whatever, I don't know anything. I'm not calling anybody, but so you've had five, five jobs in your career and I've had, I will have had six. Wow. My question is, what do you say to the person, the person that you're mentoring, who, by the way, they may have five jobs in the next 10 years after they start. What do you say to that person? Mm, you know, I say a couple of things. First of all, I, um, I tell them to find people that they can emulate, but not imitate. Because emulating is, you know, says you're going to take some strengths. You're going to figure out what works for you. Um I say, look long and hard at the way you make decisions and even think about the decisions that you've made that have been really great ones or not so great ones and think about them. Think about the, your process of decision making because I think that, you know, um, is, is always, always the way you get better. Um, and then I say, go learn as much as you can from good people as quickly as you can. So how much learning can you get for every dollar you burn, so to speak? I don't know that when I was open to the different positions, I like being in a position and developing relationships and um, adding value over time, whether it was at P&G for 10 years or Ipsos for 12 years. I... Um, tend to think that you can go deeper when you stay there a bit. But I do know that some of those middle years where I did different things for a few years, the amount of learning, my learning curve was so steep when I went into healthcare. And it was so different than FMCG. And when I work in Russia today, 
on different businesses, whether it's a snack business or a beverage business. I learned so many things, Meryl. It is what just keeps you going. You know, I, I really just encourage people to be amazingly good learners. And that really means being sort of self-aware around your own decisions and places where you can do well. You can always find the ways to, that we can all get better. But on the outside, if there was one wish I had, Ipsos has a, a four S's, we call them. Okay. Have you ever heard the four S's, Merle? I don't. I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. So the first one will be near and dear to 20 and 20's uh, heart. The first one is security. And when you work all around the world on data, you understand that. The security of our responses, protecting the security of our, our respondents, those that all falls under security. The second one is simplification. And boy, if you can make things simple, you know, if you can make complex matters more simple so they can be acted on by businesses, that's amazing. Okay. And the world moves at an incredible speed. So we cannot have our industry and our people working at slower speeds than our consumers and customers are moving. Um, and, and then there's substance, which is really, you know, a lot of people say the so what, but I actually like to say now what. And, and so when I think of those four S's across security, simplicity, speed, and substance, I am just thrilled that those guiding lights, regardless, you know, whether it was five years ago or whether that's today or whether that's going to be five years from now, if we keep our eye on those, really, if we can pride ourselves on those four S's as an industry, we are going to do good work. Susan, I can't thank you enough. Her name is Susan Waltman. She is making the world a much better place. Susan, I can't thank you enough for being on the On The Mark podcast. My name is Meryl Dubrow. Have a great day, guys. 